Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Tonight's guests, guests, pluralized, I met them when they were just young boys. Um, they were, you know, uh, my best friend's brothers. And I used to see them all the time in the backyard doing things, playing. And they all, they both had such energy, even the, like, you know, and they were Oh, like even they were they were a little bit younger than me they you know I was a teenager and they were about to hit puberty about I think and they always just had this 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 way about them where it was like you you felt comfortable when you're around them you, you enjoyed their company at an early age and then they started to grow up and I started seeing them do great things um, and you know it, it's amazing when brothers can team up and do something together because most of the time, all you're doing is fighting. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're bickering, sibling ri- rivalry. I mean, like, I work with my brother. We're both screenplay writers together. And, like, you know, we still fight. You know, we do things, you know, that may upset one another. But we still walk the same path together, you know, the common road that you share. And, like, when you're working with someone that shares your blood, yes, things can be heated. They could arise. You know, you, you can get it like a – more upset than if it was just some stranger or a friend that you know, but you can come up with some great stuff. And when that happens, it's like lightning in a bottle. And um, today they're both on the show to talk about a company that is helping people. It helps me like reflect. Um, I've always enjoyed art. I've always enjoyed um, painting. I've always enjoyed graphic design. I've always enjoyed basically anytime somebody's creative i'm gonna watch you know what i mean or i'm gonna like sit down and observe it because you know that's just who i am and also too when you're talking about like art you can't really not help to think about life and when you think about life it's a struggle i'm struggling right now i'm putting on this facade like jay leno hosting the show but i've got some internal shit that i'm dealing with right now but i'm not like you got a nor and you got a normal size chin by the way exactly yeah so like I wish, though, that I could have that Jay Leno-type style chin but, um, and his money and his cars. But whatever. That's totally different podcast. But what I was saying basically is that these two guys came together, these two brothers, and they started a company or a, a website, I should say. But it could turn into a company that makes billions of dollars, okay? Let's not even pretend that it may not because these guys have the panache to do it. I'm talking about the, the website called Well Opened. And um, – we're going to talk in depth in detail and I'm super stoked to have both the brothers here with me right now. I've got Drew and Dave Monomare with me here live on the Bobcast. How are you fellas? Good. Who would like to talk first? Let's go with Dave. Dave. Oh, Dave does. Um, so like, I'm going to switch you in. I'm going to switch you in. I got the capability right here to, uh, to spotlight you. Nice. So Dave, so like, put it basically, on um, I haven't seen you since the gym. We worked out together. Yeah, Super fit and country hawking. Like you still got it. Okay, you got your bicep. Okay. How has your life changed? How has my life changed? Well, I will say I have been excited by the the lack of fear that I've had over the last couple months. You know, the first two weeks, a little goofy about some of the stuff going on. 
but I'm learning a lot about where I was when this whole thing started and how prepared I was for dealing with some of the changes that came up with it. So I'm definitely kind of hanging in there and supporting people through my therapeutic life coaching service. And, uh, you know, business is really moving along well. And of course, you know, yeah, I didn't think of that. that's, 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 um, mm-hmm. I mean, you must be doing well then because right now everybody's <laughs> life's in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's money to be made, but yet at the same time, as my focus is on people and, and helping people, it, that has been extremely rewarding. And there was a time there in the first month where I, I was so busy, but it, again, it was incredibly rewarding to be there for people. What about you, Drew? Like, um, as like, you know, this whole thing began, obviously, the, you know, great outlet you have is being an artist. And I mean, you can do that. So I imagine, yeah, I've seen the, the stuff you're doing. But other than that, do you ever call your other brother for life coaching advice? Yeah, all the time. And that's actually one thing that's cool about Well Opened is we have kind of scheduled uh, weekly calls. And again, it sounds scheduled. It sounds like we have this tight deadline thing, but really we're flexible. Like he, Dave might text me and say, Hey, you know, I can't make four. Can we do tomorrow at two? And we end up talking about, you know, I've got some things going through with other relationships that I'm struggling with or different things. And our call sometimes for an hour is just about that. And my brother, you know, has a good way of putting it where he, where I start to feel bad. And I'm like, Oh, we didn't talk about the project at all. And Dave just goes true this is the project. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know? So it's just it, a great reminder there. But it, It's interesting too, because like it's very similar to what my brother and I do. Like sometimes we just call each other just to talk and like, it's not mm-hmm. about like a project we're working on at the exact moment, but during these, you know, um, post COVID 19 times, I think it's important to check in with people. And I also think it's important to, you know, call them, you know, like we spent so many years where we were just texting and like, it's funny because I've been going through like a lot of old videos and stuff like that, putting out stuff for downtown harvest. And I came across this video of like 2004. And I guess I was one of the pioneers of text messaging and I was getting ridiculed by the other members in the band negatively because I was getting texts. They were, they were, they were assuming that I was getting texts because I was a lesser than of a man. And <laughs> now, I mean like what, since that time, that's all, some people they don't even want to communicate without text mm-hmm. and it's like it's strange how like you know our culture has shifted so much but i think yeah. it's important especially for family to talk you know especially with brothers mm-hmm. yeah for mm-hmm. sure yeah, yeah and I, I get clients where i'm texting them just like i'll call them twice i can't get a hold of them so i'll text them or if i didn't email them already and they'll answer to my text so it's definitely a different world now but um but i would say also too as far as like transitional for me it's been almost you know, not that much of a change because I've been working from home for, you know, almost eight years. I did pick up some teaching uh, opportunities this last, the, the last two years. So I had to move that to virtual. So that was a different, you know, a little bit of a change there. But so far, mostly people are healthy. The only downside is my wife found out uh, yesterday that she may be potentially losing her position. But thankfully, we're, you know, we're savers and we plan ahead. We don't have children yet. So you know, I'm not too worried about it. And business is really busy for me. So, you know, you take the good with the bad and mm-hmm. you, know, you roll with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to, um, to receive, uh, bad news, you know, like, especially now with COVID-19, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. First off, I mean, I never thought this would 
it would happen. I mean, I remember talking to you, Dave, in the gym about it, like, and being worried. Mm-hmm. Remember when I was going to um, Disney World and I was like, dude, I'm bugging out. Like, I kept thinking, yeah. like, is this really going to, is this happening? And then, mm-hmm. I mean, like, in hindsight, now I'm thinking, like, you know, thank God it did happen because I behaved like a crazy man down at Disney World with the hand sanitizer and, like, we got to wash, we got to wash. Yeah. You know, yeah. All over your face, just trying to get yeah. clean. Yeah. You know, it's, wow. it's insane, too, because of the level. We, we're also we're at a point right now, and I would ask this question to Dave since you're in, you know, life coaching. Like, when, when we're dealing with this, we're also dealing with the fact that we don't know, per se, what our risk management is. We don't know if we can go to the grocery store and not be exposed by it. We're told that there's a chance. Mm-hmm. What, what would you tell somebody who's struggling with something like that, where they're not understanding what the risk involved is and may or may not be scared to go out? Oh, that's an interesting question. So they are actively almost uh, acting as if the the, uh, the issue is not happening and it, and it wouldn't affect them is what you mean, basically? There's a lot. There's so many different versions mm-hmm. of – yeah, people like so, so so many different levels of like where people at or at yeah, yeah. quarantine right now. And I mean, in my life, I mean, like I, one of the things I struggled with was because I was listening to the scientists. I was like, hey, if they're telling me I need to wear a mask. I mean, it was very confusing in the beginning when they were like, mm-hmm. don't wear a mask, wear a mask. Yeah. Listen to LCD yes. sound system. Don't listen to LCD sound system. There's too many things to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, exactly. <laughs> I kind of got frustrated because I would notice not only just with my peers, but also in my neighborhood, some people were not adhering to the social distancing rules. They were having get togethers. Mm-hmm. What would you tell us? What would you say to somebody who's having uh, like thoughts of anxiety yeah. because they're, they're yeah. worried about the, like the external world right now is yeah. It's funny too. Cause like what you were saying too, drew about like, you know, working from home and being like, it's not too much a different like, you know, culture shock. Some people, this is like, I've never even contemplated my existence in this world. I thought that I would work mm-hmm. from nine to five, polish off a 30 pack of course light and pass out <laughs> and do it all over again. Tomorrow. <laughs> people, yeah. yeah. And so, so a person who's contemplating like, you know, their existence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, because your initial question, I haven't experienced that too much where I'm actively talking to someone who is like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, who cares? I'm fine. It's just the flu or whatever people are saying. Lots of things. What I've been interacting more with is people who are um, anxious about what's happening in general and how they should go about doing what's right. You know what I mean? Uh, In comparison to breaking, you know, the rules, so to speak. And what I've been telling people is you are feeling out of uh, what's called like uh, generalized certainty. You don't know what's going to happen. And there's research on this, right? And so the research shows that if you had, if you were going to the doctor to get a, let's say a diagnosis, like a cancer diagnosis, your stress is significantly higher before you know if you have it or not compared to even if you get it. So your anxiety level is higher compared to if you were to even get it. If you can make sense of what I'm kind of highlighting here, it's the lack of certainty. And so what I've been doing is I'm helping people slow down to harness the certainty that is going on in their world. So for example, like the gratitude of what you do have. So if you did or do have a job, you you still have that and to be 
uh, grateful for it. Same with your house. And then you create certainty in basically pinpointing what you're doing that day or what you're going to be doing next week. And again, organizing your life. And that creates a degree of certainty and it eliminates this like extraneous anxiety that we have about like the what ifs, what's happening, what should we do? It doesn't yeah. eliminate it, but it helps us deal with it. I was struggling very much so in the first like two and a half weeks of it. Like I was just mm-hmm. bugging out. Like the whole time I was just like, like as I touched my face, right? Like, I mean, I wasn't touching my face. Um, you know, I was hand sanitizing and like I had the anxiety when I was in Disney World, you know? And it's like the happiest place on earth, they say, right? I was miserable mm-hmm. the whole time because I kept thinking like, my God, we've got to get back on the plane. When we got back on the plane, there's people wearing masks and like people were looking at them like, what the fuck, what are you wearing a mask for? You know what I mean? Like, and like I struggled with it so much because I'm going to be honest because of my son, like my son's four. And it's like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. And I also felt, I felt this overwhelming sense of um, being cheated. Like, you know, like I just became a dad. I'm 40 years old. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had a kid later in life, you know what I mean? And like I, I was really enjoying it. And now I felt like it was stripped away from me. And I felt like, you know, I mean, obviously now, you know, we're having fun. You know what I mean? We got a sandbox. We're playing shoots and ladders. We're having the best time. But I mean, like it was frightening, you know, and like the, the, the state of um, mortality, like, it's it's a weird thing to think of, you know what I mean? Like when we're young and like we're having a great time, we don't necessarily think about the end, you know, but yes. with art, um, sometimes you can explore those types of feelings. Um, yeah. You know, I, at one point, um, Drew, like I was going to be, I, before I was uh, like thinking about being a school teacher, one of the professions that I was very much interested in was art therapy. I thought like I could help kids mm-hmm. and I could do something, whereas it's not teaching, but more or less it's getting to the, you know, underneath the surface and figuring out all the problems as an artist. Do you find um, that it can be therapeutic? Yeah, I would say um, that's the reason why I did it in the first place. I struggled with reading and comprehend like reading comprehension, even like communicating as a child. So I just used art to kind of communicate. And then as I got better at it, you know, you build confidence with it. And eventually that was, you know, I took that confidence and then poured it into like reading and got out of reading classes and then started to excel in school a little bit. But that was like a really tough time for me. And like now that I'm working with clients and it's my real thing, I have a lot of deadlines and I have to like, so sometimes you, it can like suck the fun and the therapeutic pieces out of it. So, and I've struggled, you know, throughout my career with like making time for myself which I want to serve. It's like my commitment to people and helping people. But Dave will remind me a lot, like, you know, make sure you do something for you. And like, I want to say even like two nights ago, I just sketched something specific. And it, you know, my wife was like, that's like the best thing I've seen you do in a long time. And I'm like, I wasn't even thinking, I just did it. And a lot of times when I'm in that moment, it helps me kind of recap maybe a conversation I had with somebody that didn't go well, or we were upset, there were tempers flaring. It helps me kind of like, just like digest all of that and put it in a place and then move forward. And then yeah, I can even um, come back to the conversation with clarity. So yeah, sure, man, hundred percent. Um, so since this whole thing began, here's my art therapy wall. So it's just Let's nonstop it. sketches, you know, like I, I put up a whole bunch of poster board to start sketching with my son. You know what I mean? Sweet. Like, and like, Hey, we got to do one drawing per day, you know? 
Yeah. And, you know, it just, uh, it's been fun. You know what I mean? It's been fun to, uh, to take it to the max and, you know, here's the, yeah, we were doing this last night. There's, this is our villain wall. Nice. And, uh, you know, awesome. you know, it's crazy too. Cause it was like, I reconnected with it in a way. Like mm-hmm. I realized that you like, I mean, I would, so I would like doodle, you know, I would mm-hmm. draw on a book, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend the time where you get lost in the art and like, it's very therapeutic. And like, I would, I would argue too that, you know, like you were saying earlier, like you struggled with the reading and stuff like that. And like, I also too, I struggled with reading comprehension too, as well. I just, I, people were like reading these books talking about great Gatsby and shit. I'd be like, I, what, what did we just read? I have no idea. Yeah. Tell me when the movie, I mean like earlier on, I mean, educational systems weren't in place yet where they could help kids like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's, it's not like it, it just kind of sucks that like, I mean, they're doing a better job now with it, with individualized educational plans and stuff like that. But so many kids from my class, you know, like, you know, fell through the cracks, you know, because, and also too, like with art, I just want to say here on the, on the Bobcast too, like, I've always been very proud of you, Drew, that you actually made a career for yourself with art. It's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. And it's, it's inspirational because it's like, some people think it's not attainable. I mean, for I, for one, went to art school for about two weeks and then I couldn't afford anything. And I was like, I got to go, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think that it's great that you still, you both, you both have cool jobs, you know what I mean? And like together mm-hmm. now you're doing well opened. So like, I mean, I imagine this idea has always been there to merge the two together, but I want to talk a little bit about that. Like what was the conversation between the two brothers like when you decided to do that? Mm-hmm. Who wants to take that one? You point yeah, at me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think looking back, um, again, one of those situations where I do a lot of work for a lot of people, yeah. a lot of businesses, you know, and I think I, you know, it's the way I go about handling my business. And then, you know, I just get calls all the time, like without even advertising. But the problem is, you know, trying to make time for my own ideas or my own art. And that's like where I struggle. And so my brother and I always have conversations. And I think one time I just said, yeah, I got this, you know, here in my iPhone, I got in my notes, I have like over 200 ideas that I've written down for the last couple of years. And I was like, I got to do something with them. And then I kind of looked at them and a lot of them had to do with mental health. And uh, so we were just talking about them whenever we hung out. And then I think I'm, I don't know who started. I could let Dave talk about it too, but I think maybe I mentioned it. Like maybe we could do something with this. Maybe we'll start an Instagram account or something. We didn't know what the heck we're going to call it. Um, But I had these ideas and I always talked about Seinfeld. If you know Seinfeld's history, he wrote down two ideas a day or whatever. You can, you can Google it. Maybe it was three ideas a day. I don't know the exact number. He'd write down a couple ideas a day for many years and he was doing a stand-up gig and all of a sudden, you know, he's ready to throw in the towel, but he's got all these ideas. Larry David shows up and like sees him. Larry David starts connecting with him. And Larry David's like, I think I'm going to start a TV show. And Seinfeld is like, well, cool. I got all these ideas. And he's like, he looked at him. And then, I mean, most of the ideas they end up using for the show. But not only that, Seinfeld decided to continue to write those ideas every single day, even while the show was going on. So that's why the show was super successful. So when I heard that, that's when I was like, I got to do something with these ideas. You know, they're just stuck in my phone. And then not only that, the day we decided to like put them in 
you know, a spreadsheet and we didn't know what we were going to call it. It just said like Dave and Drew project. A couple of days later, uh, my phone gets, you know, dropped in the washer and I lose all those ideas. Oh man. Thankfully, but technically we didn't lose them because a couple of days before we put them in a Google drive. And that's kind of how it started. <laughs> Wait, you, you lost it in the, uh, like the dishwasher, like what kind of washer? Like, Oh yeah. So I was washing my clothes mm-hmm. and I think I had it like in a pocket, you know, and I was like quickly, okay, I'll just wash these pants real quick. Didn't take it out of the pants and it was in oh, there. And the like worst. I saw it right away, but there had enough water had already gone on it as I was like moving the clothes around that, you know, tried to do the bag of rice, but didn't really quite work out. But no, thankfully, like I said, bag of rice. Uh, Dave, what, what do you remember about this, uh, the origin of Well Opened? Um, ex- exactly what he was highlighting there. And what I thought was so cool was that this guy, he just pops with ideas, right? And I have over the years been working on like slowing down and like doing simple things. Like I'm always talking to people like, breathe drink water, take a walk, things like that. And so it was almost like, like almost like our two powers combine of like intensity and energy and movement. And then like me, like slowing down and creating like precision or something out of it just seemed so perfect. And it was like this perfect balance of our two personalities. And, and to be completely real with both of you, like, we've been best friends since the beginning. So it was always me and him hanging out. So this is just a that's wonderful what, That's what I remember the most. It's like you two were inseparable. Like, you know, yeah. with Tom, but you guys were always playing together, you know? And I think yeah. that was really cool because, you know, sometimes brothers don't get along, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah, we that's didn't know true. where Tom was half the time. We'd look in his room and there's a rope attached to the bedpost hanging out the window. And we're like, well, I guess he's not here right now. Um, <laughs> the last time... Uh, Dave was on the show. I uh, dropped a bombshell of a confession that I've, mm-hmm. I, I, it felt really good to, um, I don't know if I should, I'm not going to read, I'm not going to say the story again. If you'd like to, uh, to hear the story, and listen to that last oh, podcast. Yeah. The whole family heard it, brother. <laughs> I know. I saw your mom, dude. I saw your mom like a week later, right? Look, in a nutshell, yeah. if you never saw the episode, I'll tell you right now what happened. Okay. I got real drunk. Tom couldn't stay at that house. I stayed at their parents' house. I went to use the bathroom and I got sick. And you ever like hold on to the sink like this, like, oh my God, like the world's spinning. So like, you know, the world's spinning and all of a sudden I cave in and I feel uh, a surge of water and I must've collapsed onto the sink and busted the water line and passed out, woke up in my bed and was soaked and then realized what I had done, went down there, opened the door and it was like basically the Titanic all this surging water coming down the stairs and I'm just bugging out, man. Like, what do I do? I'm 16 years old and I just ruined my best friend's house. It was a terrible thing. And I never really, I mean, I had told like my parents, but I never told you guys. And it felt good to, to finally, you know, say, I'm sorry, you know? And I, I saw your mom and uh, I said to her, I was like, Hey, uh, did, did you hear the podcast? And she just gave me that Susie look that I remember so well from the mid nineties. I've just been like, yes, I did, Bob. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, please don't scold me. But it felt really good to, um, to get that out, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it was it hard for me to grasp, you know, like, I mean, you're a kid and like, so it was, to be honest, it was almost traumatic, you know, like I shouldn't say almost, it was traumatic because it was like a secret that I had to like hold and like, 
Mm-hmm. It was just a mm-hmm. difficult thing, but I mean, um, this this whole time, you know, like with with well open and stuff like that. Like, uh, I mean, like an analogy that I could bring to the the podcast here is that I've been doing a lot of work during this quarantine, saying I'm sorry, and I think it started mm-hmm. with the podcast with Dave. But I mean, um, I can't really talk about it because it's private conversations with you know jobs or stuff like that I've had. But I've I've reached out to a few people that I've felt I've done wrong and just said, Hey, I'm sorry. And it's been great. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Very that's free. like, that's yeah, exactly. That's like the essence of our project too. So you're closed and rigid or you're well opened. Right. And so our, our, our life flows from, from this like freedom and opening that we do. And sometimes we got to get things off our chest and let it out in order to do that. And that's like the, the, the basis of this project. And we're bringing in anything that can be therapeutic, uplifting, positive, and a support for those that are dealing with mental health needs and stuff because we've boxed mental health. And it's actually all around us at all times. And so I think we need to be open to that. And when we model that openness, other people can be open, and it's just a whole bunch of openness, and it's wonderful. And so, I, thanks for I agree. I agree with that statement, and I think too, it's like we were talking well, earlier yeah. about um, our parents' generation and stuff like that. And I think it's, I think it's important that we take into consideration that we need to eradicate the mystery of masculinity and replace it with the fact that look, just because you're in touch with your feelings doesn't make you a lesser of a man or a human. Like there's like this whole ideology that was implanted in us as kids that as men, or as, as, you know, as men, we shouldn't share our emotions or feelings about how the world is and how we're perceiving it. And to me, I think that was just bullshit. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what makes me different? Like the, the division of the species, right? The fact that, you know, You've got male on one side and female on the other side. Well, why not try to connect and figure out each other? You know, why, why spend all this time wasted not being, I, I've talked to you a lot, Dave, about um, altruism. We were at the gym and like doing things for other people and not asking anything in return. You know, like these types of principles can help you become a more well-opened individual, but it can also, mm-hmm. you know, it can help you along the way. And I mean, obviously, you know, with COVID, like that, COVID was like this, this big, um, like hyphen in the middle of the sentence that just stopped everything, you know? And like, you're just like, what do I do now? You know, how do I, how do I move on? How do I start over? And so many different people right now are struggling with that. They don't know where they can go, you know? And I, I would, I would argue that they could start by following well opened on Instagram or on Facebook and getting, you know, some, some inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it's great that you guys are doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, like when you when you do it, like um, you know, it's it's well thought out too. Like you know, like the, it's like you know, art is very powerful. It's a powerful thing because it allows you to gain perspective. But that when there's a little bit more extra to it, you know, with like mm-hmm. you know, um, philosophy or wellness or life coaching. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I never get any text messages unless I'm podcasting. Like I'm blowing up right now. And it's like, I can't, Hey, I'm over here, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 for one though, um, I'm glad that I met Tom and I'm glad that I met 
you know, your parents. I'm not, I guess, I guess I, I shouldn't say I'm glad that I flooded your house, but I, I would say that it was a learning experience for me without a doubt at a very early age. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was a tough thing to get through. And, uh, I mean, I guess I was 39 years old. It happened when I was 16 and I never really talked about it until I was 39. And sometimes, yeah. you know, it's good to get your thoughts out. It's good to get your feet and like to, to hide stuff from people. It's just, it's such a toxic mm -hmm. thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, we have about like six minutes before this podcast ends because I haven't yet upgraded on Zoom. I'm not into giving money back to technology, okay? I've just never been into it. But I have, just, I did just recently get Spotify on my phone. I, I, I uh, sold out after many years of uh, not supporting digital music. And I got to say though, it's, it's, it's wonderful to have it, you know? I'm reliving the 90s. Uh, the Tom and I used to drive around to listening. What'd you say, Drew? I listen to all of your stuff on Spotify. That's where oh, I get. Thanks, it. man. I appreciate. Although it. I have your, I do have your albums too, but it's easier. You know what? Um, when we get done here, um, give me your address. I'll send you a Downtown Harvest sticker. I, I just recently found a whole bunch of. Uh, nice. I guess you can call it vintage, but um, nice. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is like, like Dave, like, like I was planning that Downtown Harvest reunion forever, man. You know, mm -hmm. and then it was yep. just ripped out from me. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people would struggle with that. You know, a lot of people would be like, you know, like, um, uh, you know, weddings and stuff like that were canceled. And like the sense of loss of being like, well, what do I do now with myself? You know, for yeah, me, I, I was able to, to reflect mm -hmm. on that and just be like, well, I spent so much time and energy trying to make the reunion happen. And then it didn't. But why did it happen? Not on my end. It happened with a much more greater impact you know like this this affects everybody you know it doesn't just affect one group of people and it, it upsets yeah. me when i see that stuff online where people you know in the early weeks of this um you know global pandemic were like blaming the people of china and it's just like what dude like i i always i always struggle with that not being able to see what other people are feeling you know or, or it, the people of China are no different than the people of the United States of America. They still breathe the same air. I saw an interesting article recently about how air travels around the world. And you don't really think about that, right? You don't think about mm -hmm. the air that you're breathing has been breathed by somebody else on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that and you meditate on it, it's easy to reflect and to have a sense of empathy, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I often do that by thinking about like space and the expanse of space. And there's a lot of ways to do this, but that's, that's one thing that humbles me. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to try the sensory deprivation tank out? No, but I will not forget about it. Promise. You, you've done it, Drew? He did it. He did it. How many times, how many times did you go uh, tanking? I just did <laughs> tanking. <laughs> I just did it one time. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was for my wife's birthday in January of this past year. Um, and I'm definitely somebody like, you know, I got to be moving. So it took me a little bit to kind of relax. But of course, like then once you finally relax and you're enjoying it, because you get the temperature that's the same, like the air temperature is the same as the water. So it feels like you're completely floating. Yeah, I, I miss um, it. I miss and then of course, then the red light goes off and I'm done. I'm like, no. Oh, dude, I hate it. So there's a purple light that would come on at mine. And I used to like start to yeah. see the purple light before it would come on. Oh, yeah. But I, 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 you know, I identified with what you were saying. Um, about being an artist and being zippy, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm the same way, man. Like, I some, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not manic per se, but like, when an idea comes, like, I get so excited about it, and I can't not help to to bring it into real life, to bring it out 
or bring it into the page or off the page or, you know what I mean? Like I enjoy that. I enjoy that process very much. And like, I like that manic energy that comes along with being an artist. It's great. Mm -hmm. But I also really appreciate when you can be meditative and you can reflect and you can find peace in like small things. Like Dave was saying earlier, like, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's important too, is to slow down. And for me, it's difficult to do that per se, but I, I, you know, like during this quarantine, I started doing a little bit more yoga and, you know, trying to like do stuff that I wasn't. Cause like Dave, like you remember, like when I'd be at the gym, I'm like, I, I gotta go, I gotta go. I gotta get my side. You know what I mean? Like I was always mm-hmm. rushing. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that's yep. changed is I, I've, I've stopped rushing. Like I don't even know what time it is right now. Yeah, it's like 344 right now. I have no perception of time. Um, before we go though, um, I just want to chat briefly about what's in the future for Well Opened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go for it, Big so, Yeah, so we're getting a, you know, a lot of uh, my business, like I have a business coach and he's saying, hey, what's your monetary plan for this? And I'm like, well, we didn't really have one. Our goal, our first goal is to like work on a relationship together with me and Dave and then, you know, and use our skill sets to help somebody discover something within themselves they didn't know. And as we do that together in our relationship, so we're leading that. But again, as far as the monetary piece comes, you know, just keep we're building content. Keep building What's content. That? I would I would say just keep building content, fellas. And yeah. look, I, I I hate to do this because I'm under the time crunch with this Zoom thing here. They're telling me I got less than a minute. I don't want to cut you guys I off. See that. Yeah. I just want to say real quick though that I've always appreciated you guys, and I think what you're doing is great. I'm going to provide people um, below here where they can get in contact with you. Perhaps they want a mural. Maybe they need some coaching. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Definitely. Thank definitely, you, Bob. Definitely. Um, you can check them out. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. Mm-hmm. That was-